You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Family life is messy, chaotic, joyful and beautiful. Throw that into the modern world with work, social engagements and school and you have life that is as far from simple as you can get. And yet simplicity was something that mum of four Jodie Wilson craved. When her husband Daniel suggested that they jump in a caravan and travel Australia, she agreed, thinking it might be a way out of the distraction and busyness of city life. At the time, her kids were 10, 7, 3 and 11 months. Jodie is a yoga teacher, photographer and writer and she's put all her experience of her time travelling around Australia into a book called Practicing Simplicity, Small Steps and Brave Choices for a Life Less Distracted. Hi Jodie, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Good. I love that we can hear your kids in the background too. (laughs) I know, I just thought that. I was like, oh... Um, should I close the window? But perhaps it's a nice ambience. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely lends credibility to your story. Um, it does. <laughs> can you tell us about the moment that you decided travelling around Australia with four children under 10 was a good idea? We were actually in a theatre um, at a primary school performance that was at Witching Hour and my three-month-old was in a sling on the front of me and my eldest child, my firstborn, was on the stage performing um, a performance based on Alison Lester's picture book, Are We There Yet?, which we'd had for years and we'd read at bedtime and suppose I just never really thought that her experience could be our story too. And I'd always had a dream of travelling in a caravan, but I'm also someone that really prefers predictability and sensibility and I had a quite a very very real fear of change. I remember looking at my three-month-old on my sling and thinking, I think by the time you get to your third or fourth child, you just know with such potency how fleeting those early months and years are and I just remember looking at her and looking up on the stage and thinking gosh it doesn't feel like 10 years ago that my child on the stage was actually the baby in the sling and it really put time into perspective for me and my partner Daniel looked at me he said we could do this we could do a caravan trip around Australia and I said yeah we could and he just kind of looked at me because it was so (laughs) far removed from everything he knew about me and we went home that night and because he's a planner and he's exhilarated by change whereas I'm kind of frozen in fear about it um, he was already looking up caravan listings on Gumtree (laughs) and (laughs) he said are we actually going to do this And I remember the fear that pummeled through my body 
but more than that, it felt like intuitively, it felt like the very best thing we could do. And it felt like we were in a golden pocket of time. And if we didn't do it, then we would never do it. That was, that was the truth of the matter. So um, I said, yes, we're going to do it. And eight months later, we drove out of our suburban street um, having sold 80% of what we owned, cleared out a three-bedroom rental and packed everything that we thought we needed into a 24-foot caravan and we ended up travelling for two and a half years. Wow. Mm. Now, I've, I have watched someone, a, a friend of mine, do something very similar. She was a, a yoga teacher, is a yoga teacher with um, three children three children with similar ages that yours were. And it was interesting because it involved, watching her go through it, it involved a lot of shedding, so both mm. emotional and physical. Mm-hmm. Was that eight-month process of, you know, getting to a point where you could pack your family up in a caravan, was that process difficult, joyful, a bit of each? It was incredibly hard and I look back on it now and go, I don't know how I did that because I had one child at a Montessori preschool, I had two children at primary school, I had a partner working in the film industry commuting to Sydney and then towards the end I had a crawling baby. So I was trying to pack up this house and, you know, I'm a freelance writer so I was trying to write stories in between and... There were times where I didn't know how to do it and I remember there was one evening when I was sitting down next to my bookshelf and I picked up Anne Lamott's book Bird by Bird which is her lessons for writing and for life and she reflects on her brother's school project where he had to do and it was a project on birds and he had to, his father gave him the the advice just take it bird by bird and in my book I say for me it was more like let's just take it odd sock by odd sock because <laughs> for children there's always going to be odd socks. I'm regardless of where or how we live, I can't escape the odd socks. And I laugh now when I'm like, these odd socks, they just keep coming. <laughs> and I just had to make the tasks really small because otherwise I just would have cancelled the whole plan. To be honest with you, it would have been easier just to cancel. It would have been so much easier. Um, (laughs) Oh, it was just, it was a real process. And those last few days I likened to transition in birth Mm. um, where it's just that. It was just a whole body experience where like the kids were smuggling soft toys into the caravan and like they like I just envisioned like this really organized process of like putting like the like all the food just in certain places in the van but Daniel was like kind of still doing renovations because we bought an old secondhand van because caravans are actually very expensive and we had a limited amount of money it was actually our house deposit that we had decided to spend on a four-wheel drive in a caravan instead so it needed a bit of work done so Daniel was finishing work and the kids were like running between the caravan and the house and I was I was up breastfeeding and this baby was crawling around and like you know eating dust bunnies and (laughs) it was madness and I just remember thinking this is just like birth when I'm just like 
I'm just at that last corner and I just need to just get to that get to that other side um, where there's breathing space and and that's what it was like and I remember on that final day we had to be out of our rental at 4 p.m and I'd just pulled everything that was left in the in the house into the lounge room and the lounge room was actually double the size of my caravan and I remember my mum walked in with coffees and she just looked at me and went oh Jodie (laughs) oh I don't know how I'm gonna do this but we did it bird by bird odd sock by odd sock and I just remember like there wasn't any photos or like champagne cheers or anything like I just remember Daniel and I hugging and there was I didn't have to clean the house because it was being knocked down thank goodness because I just like who could do a end of lease clean and then we literally, like, the caravan was just like, we just shoved stuff in there. <laughs> and I remember we just pulled out of the street. The sun was setting. It was midwinter. My youngest marigold, 11 months old, cried all the way, the 40-minute drive to the caravan park, just bawled her eyes out. Um, kids already asking, are we there yet? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, I don't know if you've ever reversed a caravan, but it's just one of those things that literally could end in divorce. (laughs) Um, And I remember getting to the caravan park. It was dark. It was the first time Daniel had had to reverse the caravan. And I was holding, (laughs) I was holding my phone up with the torch and I had I was breastfeeding my eleven month old and trying to guide him into this caravan park for the first time either of us had done it. And I just it was awful and it was wonderful because he parked it. The kids were already like two of the kids were already asleep in the car. I'd managed to breastfeed Marigold to sleep while um <laughs> Daniel was reversing and then we we hadn't eaten dinner. We got inside. We, we found a saucepan and a tin of baked beans and we couldn't have been happier. And we woke up that next morning and it really makes me teary now because I just remember that feeling of freedom and that we'd done it. And it was literally just, it was just like, it was kind of like we'd burst ourselves into a new way of living and it um yeah like I'm literally crying now um thinking about it because it was it was a fresh start and how were the kids with that preparation were they aware of the letting go of things or, or was it just all a great adventure that they were looking forward to I just don't really think kids have that big picture mentality a lot of the time because for them it's just about the small things that happen every day which is kind of what I learned on the trip and so they knew we were going to do this trip and they knew that they were leaving school and I think that's what they were most concerned with leaving school Um, because as I said it is it is that small stuff but then they forgot about that within like three days of being in a caravan park and we did we did actually go to a caravan park that had all the best things that caravan parks offered because it was just a very gentle transition 
into that way of life and we still had to sort out the van and stuff and they just thought that it was the best thing in the world so it took <laughs> yeah it it was a very smooth transition for them and um yeah it's it's interesting thinking back to that because it was you know we talked about where we would be going and what we would be doing and I think they were just happy to be along for the ride really and they didn't have a lot of expectations they kind of just went with the flow yeah and I know that you're a yoga teacher as well as a writer and I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much of that yogi philosophy of non-attachment helped mm. with those really hard times of pushing through and letting go and moving on to this um, new phase of your life you can live with a very small amount of stuff as a minimalist but I think that's a little bit different to simplicity but you're always going to have stuff with four children like there's no escaping that but I was really looking forward to the boundaries of a small space like a caravan where you really have to consciously consider the purpose, the size and the weight of everything that you carry with you. So that kind of really excited me. And I am quite sentimental as well. So I've spent time in an ashram and I write about this in the book where there is a very austere kind of simplicity. And then attributing that to my life with with four children has taught me that Simplicity is something that we can all practice in our own way. I think I'm I'm not attached to new things or to collecting things that have no value um, and I'd much rather kind of covet a beautiful hand knit that I've found in an op shop rather than buying one new. I talk in the book about, you know, a great way to practice simplicity is actually to weigh up time and how much time you're willing to spend working to purchase something that you want because time is so precious and that's what I realised on the trip is that we can live really well with not much at all which made me really think about well what do we need to live well and I think it's that really conscious awareness that we don't have all the time in the world And I think the last few years with the pandemic has really, you know, uncertainty has come rushing into our life, into all of our lives. And we've we've been forced to realise that all we really can do is plan for today because we don't know what's coming tomorrow. And I think that's probably the yogic example that has been really pertinent is that we really must bring ourselves into the present moment and we do that with our breath, you know, that's that beautiful, um, if you go to any yoga class and your yoga teacher will encourage you to focus on your breath so that you bring your awareness to here and now. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's the greatest lesson that simplicity and travel and ultimately mothering in very unsettled, uncertain times has, has taught me. Well, speaking of that uh, lack of ability to plan, how much did you plan where you would go after that first caravan park? Um, very little because what we learned is that when you're travelling with a baby that doesn't love uh, long drive days, it kind of limits how far you can drive. But also we very quickly realised that well, as soon as you start driving Australia, you realise how 
absolutely enormous it is. And we realised that we didn't want to rush around ticking off to-do lists and, oh, we've been there and we've that's not the kind of travel we wanted to do. That's not what we were doing the trip for. We just wanted to spend time with each other. We just wanted to slow down and connect. And it wasn't about where we were going or what we were doing. And that fear of missing out is actually quite big in van life world because you've got all these different families on Instagram posting about where they've been and you have to really consciously shut that off and we soon realised that we love nothing more than driving a few hours and settling into a little town for maybe a week and really like getting to know a place before we move on to the next little town that perhaps no one is really going to for like sunset bikini pictures but we really love being there <laughs> you know um and you know you, you've still got life on the road you've got tantrums and you've got gastro in a caravan which is not something I'd ever recommend experiencing <laughs> and you've got washing to do and you've got distance education to do and you've got naps to have and there's all that family life that still happens regardless of where you are and how you're living and we just thought gosh like We're not going to leave our rushed suburban commuting professional life to launch into a rushed caravan life where we drive eight hours and get exhausted and stressed from eight hours on a freeway just so we can say we went somewhere. That wasn't the intention at all. So um, once we discovered that about travel, that you can do it your own way and you don't need to see everything in order to enjoy the experience or to experience Australia we just settled into that very slow travel life which was um yeah I'm so grateful for and I mean look you were away for two and a half years so I appreciate that this is a very simplistic question but still I'm Mm. curious was there any one place that you loved the most Well, we ended up literally, we've actually settled in Tasmania and we're originally from the central coast of New South Wales. So that was a really big shift. I love Tasmania with all my heart. I feel a very um, distinct sense of belonging here. I love the very distinct seasons and the way that they encourage a very present mentality so if it's a hot day here you literally drop everything and you go swimming at the beach (laughs) and once the apples are ready to pick off trees you make sure you pick them and yeah and and when it is really cold and the sun is setting at like 4 p.m you really embrace those short winter days and you go to bed early and, um, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than eating soup around the fire. So there's all those those habits and rituals, again, that I talk about in the book that bring such joy that are very ordinary, really. Um, but I love that we can have the slow life that we really discovered on the road in our home now in Tasmania. But... We actually spent our first year, our first anniversary of life on the road at Uluru and we were there at a really pertinent time when uh, it was six weeks before the climb was closing. So it was a really interesting time to be there because there were so many people that had come to like climb Uluru or to do it again for the last time. And um, there was this really beautiful 
plea from the Anangu people of Uluru at the base of of the rock and it said, it posed a question, is this a place to connect with or is this a place to conquer? And it was such a powerful question because to the right of me as I looked up at this magnetic landmark which has such presence and majesty and there's grown men ignoring the Anangu people's pleas to not climb and they're very, very overt all throughout the park and they're crawling on their hands and knees to get up there. And then there was these children at my feet and, you know, when you're in the red centre, that red ochre dirt literally seeps into your pores and you just kind of wear it. And so these they looked like they just, but the kids were just filthy and loving it. <laughs> and I just remember watching... Um, my youngest and she was just sitting in the dirt like you know playing in it and it was just everywhere on her and then you know looking up to these grown men that were trying to conquer this rock and she was sitting on the earth literally connecting with it and um, I thought it was such a beautiful concept to take into every aspect of life is this something to connect with or are we just trying to conquer it and hustle and drive and compete and achieve. Before this journey, it sounds like you had your own connection with simple living or at least a desire to get back to that a bit more Mm. with your family. And yet this trip brought it closer to you as an experience. Did the trip change you as a person, do you think, or was it simply a matter of moving closer to how you always wanted to be? It changed me in ways that I never expected and never predicted. Um, So I'm quite an anxious person. I get overwhelmed quite easily and anxiety has always been quite a real part of my life. And because when you live in a small space like a caravan, it naturally pushes you outside. So I found that I was spending like 10 to 12 hours a day outside regardless of season, regardless of where we were. And I discovered that being in nature for just such long amounts of time grounded me and settled my nerves and my anxiety in a way that nothing else ever has. And I reflect on that in the book because I talk about the fact that as a mother I really I was really passionate about my children developing an affinity and love of nature and so I'd say to them you go outside don't come until dinner time you know get dirty make mud pies and yet I was inside doing the washing and the dishes and sending off emails and ticking off that to-do list and I never gave myself that same advice um, and it really uh, now I, I know like if I'm if I'm feeling anxious if I feel overwhelmed I just go to the beach or I got even just a walk around the neighborhood just to immerse myself in being under the sky. You can even sometimes I just go into the backyard and look up at the sky at night and just, you know, bare feet on the ground. It's as simple as that. Um, And there's countless studies that have been done that prove what I know to be true and that's that nature actually does ground you and it's incredibly good for your mental and physical and emotional health. So that was 
a huge shift for me and I can't imagine ever going, ever forgetting how profound that shift was and I think it's changed me forever. Did it change, did the experience change you as a family, do you think? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because we, we've grown so much as a family. Well, it's interesting because we've just bought our first family home and we're currently renovating it. It's summer holidays. I've got four children. And I just keep thinking, like Daniel and I haven't had one argument <laughs> while <laughs> renovating. And we had very, I mean, we had arguments on the road, but I also believe that we just got to know each other a lot better and we came to understand what what is really important and we came to that understanding as a family. And we went through some really stressful times on the road, car problems and navigational mishaps and um, and all that kind of stuff that happens because towing a caravan is actually can be quite stressful. But, yeah, I just feel like, we're on the same page we understand what's important and it reiterated for us that we're quite a tight unit so what made you stop traveling um the children actually they were really insistent on going back to school because they were doing distance ed and once your children reach kind of 13 14 it's really important for them to have that social connection through school and we honoured that and I think we knew that naturally our travelling days had come to an end and we were ready to kind of settle and have a bit more space in a house and just a bit more of a grounding lifestyle because you're always kind of thinking, okay, where are we going next? And, and there's, there is that kind of work involved and I was interested in, in having that shift. So we actually found them a school in the town that we now live in, uh, in Tasmania, and, um, and yeah, it's a brilliant school and they love it there. They've settled in really well. Um, and we've been in this town for a year now and during that time I've, I've written my book, I've re- written a second book which will be out this time next year and, yeah, it's just been a really nice year of settling and now we've bought a house so we're just about ready to move into that. Is there anything that you miss about travelling now, even as you enjoy this kind of nesting and settling in period? Mm. Oh, look, I have an immense amount of gratitude for the opportunity that we created for ourselves to make it happen Um, because I just look back on it with such incredibly fond memories and, gosh, we're so lucky to have those experiences. And, you know, it was just those little things that we did every day, like having a cup of tea first thing in the morning in the caravan and we'd all chat about what we were going to do that day and just having the freedom to go wherever we wanted and to do whatever we wanted and we didn't have any obligations or plans or diaries. It was, yeah, there was a certain freedom on the road that I definitely do miss but I also know that we had an immense opportunity just you know just and we just made the most of it and so I absolutely have no regrets about finishing traveling when we did. Jodie it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today thanks for talking with us. Oh thanks so much Siobhan. That's Jodie Wilson she's the author of Living Simply and you can find links to her book in the notes of this episode. 
I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.